0: The Ryan and Rush show is brought to you by Vision Homes. If you're looking to build a home in North Central West Virginia, visit askvisionhomes.com. Vision Homes building you a house you're proud to call home. And don't forget to subscribe to the Ryan and Rush show, but don't take our word for it, take Coach Neelan's. Hi, this is Coach Don Neiland and you're watching the Ryan and Rush show. Please subscribe. <music> And we welcome you into another edition of the Ryan and Rush show your source for West Virginia sports. All right, Ryan, we're about 25 hours out from the legend of Rick Patino coming to Morgantown. Obviously he won two national championships, one at Louisville, one at Kentucky, uh, one of the innovators, first of his kind to do something like that. Obviously a couple things happened, ended up in Iona now at St. John's, uh, we'll preview that game in a second, talk about a little bit about Rick Patino himself too. Uh, but before we get there, a lot's transpired, a lot's happened, um, you know, since the, the game on Sunday and obviously uh, the games last week down in Fort Meyer against SMU and UVA, you being the former video coordinator for Bob Huggins and this program kind of, let's, let's talk about the state of the union of this team or the current state of this team. How are you feeling about things? How are you feeling about things, Ryan? What, you know, what, what's the good, what's the bad, what's the ugly, where do we go from here? Everything involved there. I would say, Rush,
1: that the good is is that we we've played a tough schedule so far. Um, we have not had a cupcake, unlike unlike a lot of teams in the country. The bad is that we're three and three, and we and we already have three losses on the resume. But with the committee doing the way that they do things, come March, you don't really get penalized as much for these losses. We'll get penalized for the Mammoth loss, but you don't get penalized for a Virginia loss on a neutral floor. SMU, not either, because SMU is actually pretty good uh, this season. So, And I think they're going to be right in the mix in their league. So, Bellerman's always going to be good in their league. Um, and obviously, so are Jacksonville State and Monmouth. And Missouri State hasn't lost since we played them. So, that was a big win on opening night. Mm-hmm. Ken Palm and Bartorvic, whatever analytics uh, platform you want to use, we're right outside the top 100. So, we're definitely on the outside looking in. But that gets us to what's on the horizon, a opportunity to play a Hall of Fame coach tomorrow in front of a jam-packed crowd at the Coliseum and St. John's, and then the big rivalry on Wednesday against Pitt Panthers. So two big opportunities upcoming, and it starts tomorrow night. I, I think that this team is getting better. I thought in Florida we lost both games, but I actually thought we played well. I thought we played really well against Virginia um, with our back against the wall, and I think it's going to be more of the same tomorrow and on Wednesday against Pitt that kind of just play more loose. We're we're still trying to define our roles, even though there's only six or seven of us that that are playing. But uh, yeah, I think the staff's doing a good job. I think they're getting everything they can out of this group. I mean, when you got to take timeouts for rest, I mean, you're limited. Your margin of error is small, and that's just the reality. But with that said, there's opportunities, and this team's getting better, whether it's their zone defense, um, offensively. They're 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 not shooting the ball right now. Twenty nine percent from three as a team. I think that that's going to come up. I, I I think they're getting good shots. Fantastic. They're just not making shots because they're ha- they're exerting so much energy on the defensive side. So whether it's Josiah Harris got to get going, Seth Wilson's got to get going. We got to make some perimeter shots to complement the team on the inside. And, and Kobe Johnson's playing well too. That that's been the biggest. Uh, I don't know what the right word is like that. I'm not surprised because I expect him to play well, but it's good to see a guy that's grinded it out in this program take the next step, and, and he's been solid when his number's been called on because he's not a, he's not in an easy situation rush. I mean, he's going to get pressed for 40 minutes tomorrow night, and he's going to play all 40 minutes, so and he he's competing his tail off.
0: Yeah, so Josh is in a situation where you can tell he's coaching his butt off. I mean, he's making everyone, the the whole staff, the support staff, I mean even the players, they're making the best out of a bad situation. And yep. it it really beyond kind of, you know, your relationship with Josh and you know, you his you him being your former colleague, you you got to feel for the guy. You know, there there's definitely people in Mountaineer Your Nation where maybe people are like, "Yeah, Josh will be make a great interim." Um, you know, and we got to figure out things from there. Are there people like you know, you and me that say, Hey, let's, let's give Josh a real chance here. You know, he's, he's showing promise that he does maybe have a chance to be the next head coach, but I think everyone agrees that he is coaching his butt off and he's such a likable guy and the players like him a lot. And especially in the era of, you know, NIL transfer portal, and you have to be a player friendly coach. The, the, the old school ways are kind of on their way out, even though you still, you're playing a Rick Pitino. Um, here coming up but obviously he has legacy there and so whether it's here or or somewhere else josh's future is bright and and yeah. but but you would love to see that if he had that complete roster or or the roster we expected coming in the season and to see what he can really do but the thing is where we are in the in this program it's we're in a tough position and you hope the NCA hasn't really been on our side for a lot of things, but you would hope when it comes to March, especially if we start playing well, we get Kerr after the Drexel game, you know, a cook is still waiting to get medically cleared. The good thing about a cook, right. Is he hasn't been, you know, just not, I guess disqualified is not the right term, but he, he's not out for the season, right. It's, they're still taking it as a moment day by day situation. So we could get one of those headlines where it's like a cook's ready to go, or he'll be ready uh, in this certain amount of time. So you, you would hope that, Depending on where the season can go, and I know they're throwing up a hail mary with Raekwon too. And you know, we watched Josh's interview, his press conference today. It was awesome that he was wearing the the sweatshirt with the orca on it. Obviously, he can relate to Raekwon. They they, they really respect him, and it's great that he's still showing the solidarity there. And it's an absolute joke that the NCA wants to promote um heritage uh, uh Native American Heritage Month, and then they do that to Raekwon. I I love what Jay Coons responded to that tweet. But anyway, I I, I digress. So. The good news is there obviously there hope absolutely remains. you you know things things could turn around you you think we're definitely due for some of these things, but where does that begin? That starts here and what you have. Unfortunately, yes, we have eight scholarship players, but you know we we have we have to we have to analyze this correctly. and it doesn't look like Bimbry or Pat is stepping up in the way we need them to. Hopefully that turns around because we're gonna need some guys coming off the bench at some point to give rest, especially with the big twelve ahead. Um, you're right with with Jojo is he's kind of the the X factor in all of this is we really, really need him to take that next step forward um, for, for this team to excel. And, you know, what better way to do it than Rick Pitino coming to down pit after that Drexel, then we get Kerr back, get some more depth there. So, yeah, the, the future, I think, still looks bright. Um, th- there's still a long way to go, but to to I guess we're worrying about salvaging the season. There's definitely. I don't even think we're at the point where we're trying to salvage a season. The season, yeah, is plenty it's of time. Advanced. like I think a lot of us are acting like, oh no, like we're already we're already screwed. We're we're not, but we're in. We're definitely in this state of purgatory, for lack of a better term.
1: There, the beautiful thing about the Big Twelve now, we we'll t- we we know how difficult this league is, but one of the good things about the Big Twelve is you're playing a top seventy-five team every single night. So if you can go five hundred you're going to the dance because you have more quality wins than these other high major leagues that have all these teams that aren't good at all in the basement. Um so yeah, I mean, we're we're behind. Yeah, we got three losses, one of which is going to be outside the top 100, but we there's so much time to make that up like you said. We got St. John's pit, we got we got other good teams at the end of the month. I mean, Ohio State's good. Toledo's a good max school. Radford, I've seen Radford multiple times this year. Yeah. Darius Nichols, they're good. Mm-hmm. They're going to potentially win their league, so there, there's going to be plenty of chances to get the wins. We just got to we got to get the mon- monkey off our back and get a big one. And tomorrow's a is a big one because it's an ESPN two game, and not that that means much, but it's a national TV game. It's going to be a raucous crowd. It, there'll be fourteen thousand in that call oh, yeah. tomorrow night. And yeah, I mean, and and then you'll get 14,000 again on Wednesday night. So two really good opportunities to to make up for that Fort Myers missed opportunities where we were right there. And I think we're, I think we learned from that trip as well. Uh, You mentioned it with with Jojo, man. He's over his last 10, but man, he, that guy's always in the gym. Those are going, those are going to fall. Like he's, he's a little bit in that sophomore slump right now. It's early. I know it's not happening at the best time when we really need him, but he keeps doing things the right way. They're, things are going to turn his way. I can guarantee it.
0: Yeah, and we have C in the chat. I think it was Colin uh, last last time we we talked with C here. The Virginia loss is about as promising as the loss could have been. Yes, yeah. I, I I can't stand the argument when people say there's no such thing as moral victories. You either win or lose. I get where they're coming from. But with our situation, there are absolutely moral victories, and, and, and that is one of them. Uh, David Cummings in the chat as well. We need more bench minutes, and we don't have them. Yeah, we don't. And it's a, uh, it's kind of a sad reality of this team. Like we saw in the first game, you know, Pat, he stepped up for a couple plays and it was like, I thought we were going to kind of get maybe that Pat of last year comes up for a big player too. And then, you know, expands upon that, um, you know, going down the stretch and, you know, we still haven't seen that yet. Benbury, obviously he was injured at Florida state last year. He's still coming out of high school. He's still looking to develop unfortunately we're in a situation where we can't be developing guys. And I think that was the plan all along with Ben Brie, right. With the roster we were going to have is he was kind of going to be one of those development guys. And then maybe around big 12 time or when things kind of got a grind, he would show some minutes out there, but he was definitely going to be someone we maybe have used next season. And just, we're just in that situation where we're Kobe and uh, Jesse Edwards and almost everyone's going to have to play 40 minutes and, you know, heaven forbid it doesn't, uh, go to overtime. So, uh, Timothy Green's always in the chat. We appreciate Timothy. I remember the last time we played St. John's, they actually beat us. Well, we're due for yeah. some revenge. We 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 got to beat him I this remember. time. <laughs> yeah, I remember. We're we're trying some of those memories. We're trying to forget there, Timothy. But hey, you're, you're you're right. We we do have a little bit of history there. So so we definitely owe him one,
1: Ryan. Yeah, Deuce missed uh, Deuce freshman year. He missed a game winner at the elbow. De- I think Deuce was one for eleven that game. That was his worst game I think he ever played as a Mountaineer. So he didn't have many bad ones, but that was definitely one he uh, he definitely wanted to have back. And uh, it's ironic that now that he's a Nick, so he got he got his uh, he got his bad game at the Garden out of the way with us, and now obviously he's excelling with the Knicks. And always enjoy watching that guy compete. But yeah, no, that was a disappointing loss. Uh, we were undefeated and ranked. Uh, And the Johnnies are good. And you know, it's funny too. I was looking back at Rick Pitino's trips to the Coliseum over the years. I know we had hugs. Mm -hmm. Every game was a one possession game. Every single one was a one possession game. So I kind of expect that tomorrow and we'll touch on the matchup and how we match up with the Johnnies, but it's going to be fun in there tomorrow night.
0: The Johnnies, the good old Red Storm, one of those teams that doesn't has an S on the end for for. Me. I almost well, called
1: him Louisville just because I'm so
0: programmed with Patino at Louisville. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not wrong there. Um, before we get to this matchup and and kind of dissect it, uh, we'll we'll be at the game tomorrow, Ryan. Actually, we'll be on press row. Um, so if you see us there, want to come say hi, please please come up, snap a picture, or something. We appreciate the support and we love running into guys at the game or uh, out and about around Morgantown too. And again, we we can't. Thank you enough for, for all the support you guys have given us um over over the past year plus. Um in addition, of course, thank you to Vision Homes. Um, great sponsor, great show. If you're of course, if you're looking to build a home um in the area, go to askvisionhomes.com. Again, thank you for for their support as well. But Ryan, as we transition into this game, you talked about it being a one possession game. The line is set at West Virginia plus three and a half. So that's basically what Vegas is saying. This is Is it going to be a one – what type of game? And and Vegas is counting on a one-possession game as well. Um, Tell us a little bit about this uh, St. John's team. I know they're 4-2 and with – what they lost to Michigan, and who else did they lose? Dayton, that's right. And so they're 4-2. and So they are a deep team. Josh talked about them today. You know, they'll they'll go 10-11 deep. They might press us. They're going to want to play fast. We're going to want to slow down um, the game. But what other um, analysis can you give us, Ryan?
1: To be honest, they're kind of similar to the St. John's before Patino got there where they just want to play a little bit chaotic. They're more organized than Mike Anderson, St. John's teams. Obviously everybody thinks of Rick Patino. They think of full court pressure and throwing multiple athletes at you and, and try to grind you down. And that's what they want to do. And it's still be to, ter- to be determined if he has the horses, because he has so many transfers. I mean, he had 10 transfers. He had to bring it. So He's he's got a he's got a work in progress as well. Um, trying to work all these different personalities. He's got guys from the Ivy League, the MAAc. So like guys that were stepping up from the mid major level that were the number one and number two options now are the five number five and six options. So and that's kind of what happened with Quinn as well, and why Quinn transferred over to us is he didn't want to be a role player with them, and he's he's done a great job of being our one of our spotlight guys. So. Just looking at it, they're athletic. They're going to play fast. It's going to be who can control the tempo, kind of like SMU. We controlled the tempo for about 25, 30 minutes and then ran out of bodies. I think we can learn from that experience, and I think we can we can be better from that loss to SMU. Mm-hmm. That SMU game prepares us for a game like tomorrow night against St. John's. Both teams are very similar, athletic, want to play fast, like I said. Rick Pitino, he's, he'll run good stuff offensively, but – uh definitely always patina known for his defense
0: as you talk about uh is what we've t- we talked about right is if there's a way to bet in college home dogs and th- home there's dogs, something to yeah. that being a home dog uh yeah and, and you touched on it quinn Slazinski revenge game uh he's gonna he's gonna want to show that he's hey you missed out on me so he'll he'll have his opportunity to shine and well of course we need him to shine as you talked about we need these shots to fall uh we can't be having games of volleyball break out under the hoop we need, you know, we're going to get worn down on the defensive end. And I think we're at the point where we just have to play zone um, all the time. Now it's, it, there's just no other way until we start getting more bodies back in the lineup. But Quinn, Josh uh, touched on it today is he likes his emotions. He he understands that he's an emotional player and you know where we are as a team. We we need that from Quinn. Um, obviously it's keep the emotions within the team, within, you know, each other and and good things will happen, but it's. This is this is setting up to be a really good game Ryan. Um I'm I'm really curious how I'm really curious Josh's game plan in terms of their slowing how do you slow down St. John's but also is you know it's we talk about it every game and a concern going into the season but especially now is Jesse Edwards and and not you know not setting him up um to get fouls or you know, get fouls quickly so that he can play all game. Obviously Kobe's going to have to play all game too. And, you know, their, their center, Joel Serrano, Serrano part of me is, I mean, that's about the same size as Jesse. That's a, that's a physical big. And and those two are going to have a duel. They're going to have a matchup. Josh was touching on it a lot during his presser today.
1: Soriano, I think is like the
0: one key contributor
1: that they have back. So, I mean, he was, he was on the team last year the teams that always bothered us in the Press Virginia era were the teams that wanted to just grind it and, and slow it up and, and make us guard for 30 seconds. Now, that's easier said than done when somebody's in your face for all 30 seconds of the shot clock. Mm-hmm. But if we're strong with the ball, I think we, we can wear them down on the offensive end. I think that's where learning from the SMU game, I thought we took too many quick shots, and, and then we ended up in a track meet back and forth, back and forth, and we can't win that. So you got to think like Virginia. Virginia, uh, the way UVA wants to play, you got to bring it in the mud, muck it up, run 20, 25 seconds off that shot clock, turn the ball, get to the fifth, third, fourth, fifth side of of uh, ball reversals, and and that's where their defenses will break down. They're they're not where Patino's defenses are usually at this point because it's his first year there.
0: Who on this St. John's team are you most concerned about?
1: Uh probably the four man, Chris Chris uh, Ledlam. He does a little bit of everything. He makes some winning plays. They I'm do. not as concerned about Soriano. I think Jesse can hold his own against Soriano. Size yeah. and length bothers Soriano, and the the kid at Dayton bothered him with his size. Uh, Michigan bothered him a little bit. So I think I think a guy like Jesse could bother Soriano. More concerned with the four man. The, these guys that that play really hard and are athletic could bother us they got good guards too i i worry about their depth in the backcourt as well because Tino just keep throwing bodies at you just like we did with press virginia for years
0: there and correct me if i'm wrong i just from watching when we played that monmouth game i don't mean to bring that game up again and kind of looking at these these guys in the roster and what i've seen so far from st john's they kind of they kind of remind me of each other their their guard play very so yeah but, but the thing about that game too it's not like they just made every shot possible. Like you got to think like that, that stuff comes back around. And I think in this situation is we just, it's, it's what Josh said is you, you have to slow this game down. It's like you almost, and that's why, that's why it's so important to make shots in this game and get those offensive rebounds when needed. Cause if you're gonna, if you're going to slow it down and milk that shot clock, when you do decide to shoot, you, you better make it like you can't, you can't just, you know, be hucking up things and, And then you got to, you got to be physical. And this is where it gets weird is yeah, is you're right with Soriano is uh, Jesse Edwards can absolutely, you know, take control of him and is a way better big than him. But you kind of worry that if he maybe starts getting scrappy and then they're deep and they kind of, in a way, for lack of a better term, trick Jesse into committing a foul or two, that's my concern about that matchup is you don't, you don't have the reliance of a bench to kind of bring Jesse out and you know, hey, catch your breath, reset, you know, you're good. Don't worry about it, man. You just got to, you know, it's is bigs that aren't as talented as Jesse are going to have a little bit of an advantage because Jesse has to find that line of aggressiveness and not fouling out. And so I guess that's, that's my concern and, until we get more depth for this team.
1: Yeah, I mean it's gonna be the concern every game of keep keeping Jack yeah, exactly. Edwards out of foul trouble. So one way to one way to uh keep them uh or control the tempo, get to the foul line, man. You get to the foul line, the game stops, you get mm-hmm. you make your free throws, and you can set your defense and make St. John's run 20, 25 seconds against your uh set defense.
0: Yep, it's a good way. So we get to that point in the episode. The the keys to victory. As we talked about it, Rick Petino comes to down in a little less than 25 hours from now uh, at Coliseum tomorrow, seven o'clock ESPN two. If I'm not mistaken, finally not on the plus again, we will be there on press row. Come find us. If you uh, see us, but let's get to your keys to victory. Mr. Moneyline Mac, what do you have for us?
1: Number one, and this this is easy. Uh, It got away from us in the second half against SMU because we turned the basketball over. So got to be strong with the ball. And that's not just the guards, man. Quinn Slizinski is going to help break the press. Uh, Josiah, uh, Ofri, Seth, Kobe, obviously. Even Jesse. Jesse can't have turnovers out of the post that lead to off their double, if they double, or just any turnovers altogether that lead to jailbreaks going the other way. So everybody's got to be strong with the ball. We got to find a way to limit our turnovers around that 10 to 12 number to give ourselves a chance. Number two, man, discipline, offensive discipline. So we talked, we talked about it. Josh talked about it. Make them guard, man. All right, so the old saying, score early or score late. So if you have numbers of three-on-two or two-on-one, obviously you take that every single time mm-hmm. because you're not you're not going to get a better opportunity than two-on-one. But if not, bring it out, run your sets, make them guard for 20, 25 seconds and see if you can get them on ball reversals, get to the third, fourth side, and, and you can score late under 10 seconds. We always talked about that for years. Score early, score late. That's what Virginia does, and that's why they grind out these teams that are more athletic than them. Um, and last but not least, man, this is going to be an emotional game. Obviously for Quinn, it's going to be an emotional game for everybody. It's going to be the first sellout at the Coliseum of the year. The place going to be jumping Friday night, Rick Patino, hall of famer coming to town, control your emotions, stay together, stay the courts. It's a 40 minute game and you got to win all the loose balls, man. The margin of error is small. You can't be losing loose balls to, to this uh, athletic team. So find a way, stay together, and win all the 50-50 balls. And I think we have a chance to get our first marquee win of the year.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think going off of that a little bit is, is winning those loose balls, getting those offensive rebounds, just being more physical than them. They're a physical team and want to play fast, but I hate to bring this example up, but it just is what it is when we played against Stephen F. Austin in the tournament is how did they get us? They played you know teams that, that – press don't like to be pressed right so teams that want to play physical and grind you down is in the right situations because obviously we're not the same there in terms of our depth but any situation where it comes to where you can be a little more physical than them you just gotta you gotta you gotta go into those energies reserves and you just gotta you gotta find a way to just keep just keep going keep going and, and and shut off the mind and just just go out there and just play hard and when that happens good things happen so it's going to be a good game. Uh Timothy Green says I believe we can pull this one out. We do too. And and like we talked about in the the state of the union and where we go from here is is we're not in salvage mode. We're we're still in hey, we can control things here, uh, especially when there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But we got to get to that light. And hey, it's going to be the next three games are going to be grinders. We got to take them one game at a time. But you you take care of these next three games, at least the next two games against St. John's and Pitt. Good things are happening. It, it's the start of something, you know that that domino effect where then you get Kerr back, and then hey, a Cook's healthy again, and then maybe a hail mary uh, miracle with Raekwon, and then hey, you 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 get a couple of those in December that against those tough games like the Radfords or the Ohio States where maybe you wouldn't have gotten them, but now you get them. And hey, going into the Big Twelve season, that's that's all you can do. And then we all know the Big Twelve season is losses don't hurt as much as they would, and and the non cons. So. We just gotta we just gotta get to Big 12 season with a chance there. And this is where it starts tomorrow night, Friday night, seven o'clock on ESPN two. So hey, let's get after it. Let's go, Mountaineers, and we'll see you all at the Coliseum tomorrow. Love you all. Thanks for the support. Let's go, Mountaineers. Let's get a big win.